Shut up, Craig. Shut Hi, Craig. <laughs> Hi, Craig. <laughs> All right, here we go again. Craig's Back at it, listener. Craig, he's such a good listener. He comes in here, listens to us, doesn't complain about the dumb shit we're talking about. Just like, just a what a great guy Craig is. Anyways, welcome back to an, a yet another one of these uh, rules, jewels, and D and D schools. This will be episode nine. Nine weeks. Can you guys believe it? Nine Amazing. weeks already. Amazing. It's going on as long as some of our D and D campaigns. I swear. So oh, um, mine, maybe. <laughs> no, nah, that would be if we stopped at a week and a half. <laughs> you, right. you, right. you get one session in, sick. You get one session in, and they're like, "Can't wait for the next one, boys." Next one never happens. Anyways, um, today we're gonna do we're doing some themed builds. I think I actually think that this will be more interesting than I thought it would be last week because I think that we all came at this from very different directions. <laughs> I kind of heard the first thing I wanted to ask you is like, I wanted to know what your definition of a themed build is. <laughs> so I had this. So like I told you that. And then honestly, I didn't work on it like all week. And I was like, all right. I was like, I know I had a lot of other stuff going on. I was like, I got to get this done. I knew an idea of what I was going to do. So I wasn't starting from zero. But then I was like, huh, I didn't give a lot of parameters. What level is this? What is all this stuff? Gotta, how does this all work? And so I was like, I'm not going to do like a full character. I'm going to kind of work off mechanics in the game and make a themed build. Okay. But I've kind of heard what I have an idea of what Joe did and he did not approach it at all the way I did. And I'm going <laughs> to assume that you didn't approach it at all the way I did it either. <laughs> so I think I should go either middle or end. I think one of you guys should start with one. I think your, your builds will be closer. will have a closer approach than my approach. Maybe what do you have a definition for what a themed build is for you? I think that a th okay. If, if it's the theme of your character, theme of your character, that can be. I think that a theme can be anything from like a story theme or a mechanical theme, right? Like mm -hmm. Finn, my sorcerer, had a elemental theme, right? But it had nothing to do with his story. Or maybe you approach it as like, this is my story and it's going to affect my character. That can be a theme. Mm -hmm. uh, there is one mechanic that I really like. So I want to try to take that to the extreme. That's a theme. You know, like any, I think almost anything can be a theme, but like what isn't a theme is I'm going to play this character the literal most optimal way. That's not a theme. <laughs> I'm just. Unless that's or, the theme. <laughs> well, that's not, I, I don't think that's a theme. I think like, uh, like what. I don't want to. Okay, never mind. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. If you, <laughs> if like, let's say you're you're playing a like a wizard or a fighter, and you're just like, you just show up every week and you pick spells. You don't think about it. You're not thinking about your story. You're not thinking about anything. You just want to show up and play the game. Mm -hmm. You're not playing a themed character. You're just playing a character, right? Mm -hmm. Like a themed character is they have a thing that they do and that they're known for doing, or they have a backstory and a personality that they're known for. And that kind of the rest of the character is based on that. How's that? That. Okay. So that's where I, cause you said we're going to do theme character. I was like, what does that mean? So I yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a little a broad. Few hours. Yeah. It was and a little I broad. Came, I came to the conclusion that I was like, well, what does the theme character mean? And I was thinking about it. I was like, well, if it can be anything, if it, as long as it connects, like has a, like, affects aspects of the of the of the character is like well that's every character i've ever made has 
had at least a backstory that is given some sort of theme. It's like, okay, well, what makes makes something that I would make differently that would be a themed character? And I thought, okay, well, I'll set it to where you will... That What makes it a theme must be that you would do something that would... It would make you a worse at the mechanical part of D&D for the sake of the character. Worse, yeah, worse at some <laughs> aspect... For yeah. the sake of making what you're trying to do work. So that's what I went with. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that that's a good way to describe it. Like my fighter in your campaign is a themed character. Because mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a boxer, martial arts kind of guy, but I'm a fighter and those two things don't necessarily go together. So maybe like I'm not doing optimal damage. I'm not doing an optimal build, but I am doing a theme. Finn was a theme, that's an elemental theme your characters have all had story-driven themes instead of mechanical themes. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'm a mechanical theme kind of person first, obviously. And that's why <laughs> I think I approached this at a different in a different way because I even said last week that I was going to try to, like, do a meme. But <laughs> I think I, I think it'll be good. I think this will be a good episode. D- did you have a different definition, George, or did, have we covered it? Uh, yeah, I think you guys kind of covered it. My, my thing is, like, yeah, I guess you guys covered it. Really. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't know how to add to it. You guys covered right. it. We got it. <laughs> I was like, I want to say, da, 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 nah, nah. Actually, no, <laughs> no, we got it. We got it. So, Isaac, Joe, which one of you guys want to go first? I don't care. Okay, sure. Uh, so, what I did, it took me a long time because I was going through the different things I could do. I was like, maybe I could do some kind of druid that, like has a certain interaction with animals. And I was like, oh, I don't really like that. So what I came up with is a ranger that can go a couple ways. Okay. But the main theme is like the reason he is a ranger is because his he's, he is a um, beast master ranger. Yeah. And he, his, his beast, his beast companion, it like saved him when he was a child. Okay. So all throughout the early levels, you are never taking an attack action. Every attack action is spent telling you is letting your pet attack. Yeah. So throughout and, and I would my like the story would that I thought of would be like he grew up in a, like a uh, a cleric uh, uh, temple and but he didn't want to be a cleric. So one day he like ran off into the woods to like hang out and got attacked and but was saved by this random animal. So I took I gave him he was a human and I gave him the uh, magic initiate feat. Okay. And gave him uh, Spare the Dying and Sacred Flame. So basically as, as cantrips and uh, Shield of Faith as his spell. So that he can, if he wants to take an action, he can actually uh, Shield of Faith is a bonus action. So you can put Shield of Faith on your on your pet. Okay. And then yep. let him attack. And then any, and basically sort of play him as a caster for the first several levels. Yeah. And then finally, once he gets to level five, you can you can put in that he's been working on his like bowmanship or whatever. uh, And when he gets that extra attack, then he can take one shot and let his and let his pet do a shot as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then if you want to take it the extra mile, (laughs) you can roll a small character like a kobold or something and take the mounted combatant. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Ride your pet around and get so it. So I didn't. I didn't do the first part of it, but I did do the. I, it was in Pathfinder because there was specifically a rule for riding your pets, 
And you can play a small character in Pathfinder. So I had like, I was a gnome, which was considered, I think that's small in Pathfinder. And I, my, my pet for my ranger was a rock, like yeah. a huge bird, but it was yeah. a baby rock, but it was still big <laughs> enough for me to ride. And it was so cool for the first bit. And then we were in dungeons the rest of the time. So it was worthless. But for that one little <laughs> beginning part, I was flying around the top, shooting arrows and throwing bombs on people from my rock. But yeah, yeah. like a mounted combatant, a mounted mountain combative feet. And you're like a, you're like a gnome riding a tiger or something or a dire wolf. Yeah. 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 And then I put like, there's some feats you could take to sort of play with it. If you take uh, like Warcaster, it kind of lets you be that, that caster uh, for those early levels where you can, uh, you can hold concentration better on your shield of faith and you can take opportunity attacks with sacred flame uh, if you need to. Uh, I also had in there that potentially fate touched could be good because you get another extra spell. Um, Meta magic adept, you could potentially like put a buff on yourself and your pet at the same time. Yep, that'd be good. Yeah. Things like that. But basically mm-hmm. the whole thing is about your your pet is what's is the adventure is the big part yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you are still learning throughout the first several levels that's a good that's a good like theme that grows throughout yeah 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 right yeah yeah i, I was i was making it up I was like this might be fun to actually play at some point yeah 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 <laughs> but just put it just write it down you, you'll be able to do it later i i, I made a character in dnd beyond it's ready to go <laughs> you could just come back to this episode <laughs> and listen to yourself talk about it <laughs> I think that's really good. Yeah, I think that's a good like um, you're it's a character that's evolving over time. I think five levels would be very hard, very hard. Maybe three levels is the is the before you start attacking because five levels is forever. This is this would be using the Tasha's uh, Tasha's pet Beastmaster. Yeah, that's so that it scales with you. Otherwise, it's don't do it. It's worthless. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it'd be like. I imagine its power spike is going to be a lot like a um, the Circle of the Moon Druid. Real strong for like the first five, and then the pet starts to fall off. I, I haven't really looked into the Tasha's Beastmaster all that much. I know it's a lot improved over the original one. Yeah, the original it's way, one it, it, it actually gets better as you get better, because it takes in, it, it scales with either your level or your proficiency bonus. Mm-hmm. So it actually will continue to you know do things. Can you take uh, a large pet? You can like take a, a dire wolf. Pet. I don't know. Okay. I think it's a medium pet. I think you could work that out the, with your the, DM. Yeah, you could try. But the, the Tasha's one is specifically a medium beast. Okay. 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 Well, uh, unless you want to like workshop this a little more, where like, but I, I think mean, honestly, I don't say I think that's pretty fleshed out. That's like, there's yeah, nothing I, mechanically to I add. Cool. I thought it was I, fun just because it sounded fun to me. Like you were. I would like role play the parts where you're trying to get better with a bow. I think you, I think you don't hit five and you get that extra attack. That's when you can, well, I thought about not taking a bow, but then I thought if I wanted to play it more as a caster, you could eventually take lightning arrow. And that's such a strong spell. And it really only works if you're an archer. So (laughs) we did that. I I think that like, if you're going to go to the mounted combat route, you go. I I don't, I don't really want to do that, but that was just the thing you could do. I'm more interested in the mounted combat than the rest of it. Like <laughs> a little guy riding a wolf with like a spear and like a shield. <laughs> or like he's got his, his throwing knives and he's going <laughs> as he whips by or like his little throwing axes or something. That'd be yeah. sick. I'm just like, thought about it. Like constant, constantly buffing your pet. Yeah. And yeah that's yeah. all you do is just 
just buff the pet and make it yeah. super strong. You hide in a backpack on the pet and you like poke your head out and cast a spell and then go back in. <laughs> 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 That'd be great. I really like the idea of the mounted combat, the mounted combatant. That's sick. Cause I've always thought, I've always thought it'd be cool to do a mounted combat thing, but it's it, it, like mechanically it doesn't really work in D and D because unless you have a horse and nobody wants, nobody wants their ranger to have a, their horse. Oh, this is my pet horse. <laughs> he doesn't do anything but let me ride him. It's like that's a waste. Horse. Why don't you just buy a uh, horse? So I'll go over real quick what the mounted combatant feat actually does. Um, uh, while you are mounted and not incapacitated, you have advantage on any uh, melee attack rolls mm-hmm. against any unmounted creature that is smaller than your mount. So that's mm, not going to work so great because you've only got a medium thing. Uh, but you can force an attack targeted at your mount to target you instead, so that's kind of cool. Um, you, If your mount is subjected to an effect that allows it to make a dex save uh, to take half damage, it instead takes no damage if it succeeds. Wait. Uh, on the save. So it gives, if it, it gives your pet evasion. If your mount is bigger than your opponent? Yeah. That wouldn't work with anything then, because a horse is medium, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, so is... I think a horse is large, actually. Is a horse large? I can look. Look. Uh, look that up because like wait, I was like, wait a minute. I don't think there's very many things. Most things that the player characters interact with aren't bigger than medium. Uh riding horse is large. Hmm. I think you could I think you could though work it out with your DM where you have a large like wolf, like a dire wolf is large, right? But yeah. maybe it's not a dire wolf at level one. It's just an abnormally large wolf. For the purposes of being a mount, because I think yeah, I think like you're doing these kind of themes, like yeah. homebrew is is going to be part of it. I think. Yeah, Not you can, you can, for me as a homebrew, you you could make it like a bear. Bears are large. Are bears large at uh, like low level? Uh, a brown bear is large, which is a CR one. Okay, Black yeah, bear is is medium. So you could be a guy riding your bear into combat. Yeah, yeah, that'd be sick. That'd be super cool. Oh man, now I want to build a character like that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Just the mounted thing. So okay, so like this is my pet horse. I call him <laughs> Mr. Ed. You you went you went story themed into but within the rules. I think Joe's going to go very heavily homebrew to make his work. And I went within the rules, but pushing the rules to breaking point. <laughs> so this is good. This is excellent. Okay. Okay. You want to cool. you want to hear mine? Yeah, let's sure. Go. You want to hear what I alluded to? You remember uh, last night when we were playing? I alluded to as I was doing this, I realized this would work in your campaign. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> I'm interested let, now. Let's start with the base. <laughs> you remember me last week talking about the build where you pick someone up over your head and you drop them. Yeah. It does a d6 of damage for every ten feet they fall. Okay. okay? That doesn't really work anymore for a few reasons. One, like grabbing them is depending on your interpretation of the rules. I couldn't really. It seems like they've fixed it. Grabbing them is an action. Then lifting them up and dropping them. Could you do it more than once in a round? It's kind of up in the air. And I I didn't like the fact that it wasn't like an exploit. Right. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) and um, besides the fact that. The tallest play player race is 
Goliath, Bugbear, and uh, Furbolg, which I, like a Goliath and a Furbolg max out at like eight foot three. Yeah. And then uh, the Bugbear maxes out at like eight feet. But I think it's practical with any of them. Um, because obviously you raise your arms above your head, you're gonna be over 10 foot tall if you're an eight foot tall person. Yeah. But I think that the build would work particularly well with bugbears because they have the long arm feature where they have a 10 foot reach. So their arms are extra long. They could reach up and drop someone ostensibly. And also all of those races have the powerful build trait, which give them double carrying capacity. Right. So. Carrying capacity in D&D is calculated as your strength score times 15, right? So let's use Vonic from your campaign (laughs) as an example for this. While I'm in werewolf form, I have a 24 strength. All right. That is doubled as part of the powerful build feature, right? Okay. Every time you go up in a size category, your carry capacity doubles again. So (laughs) Ray has enlarge reduce, right? Okay. Yeah. So... I could go large, making my carrying capacity, I did 1,440. And then when Ray makes me huge, I have a lifting capacity of 2,880 pounds in your campaign. Is that carrying capacity or lifting? Because lifting that's, is like even more than that. That's carrying capacity. I, no, 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 no. Maybe that's lifting. I I, I read this a couple days ago. Okay. Just bear with me. <laughs> it's it's one of the two, carrying or lifting. Okay. I think it's carrying. So I can so carry. Lifting is way, it's yeah. super high. I could lift 2,880 pounds. I could throw a boulder at someone. So (laughs) then you have improvised weapon rules, which is what I'm going to lean on for the rest of this. Okay. If you are going to throw an object that isn't a weapon, like say a boulder, and you're not a troll, which has like a boulder throw built into his character, the damage isn't really that good throwing something. Even, I mean, obviously you'd work it out with your DM. If you're big enough to throw a boulder, it's not going to do 2d4. Um, <laughs> it's a 2d4 boulder right there. <laughs> but what you definitely could do is improvised thrown weapon is a 30 to 60 foot range. So if you scoop someone up and then threw them straight up in the air, 60 feet, <laughs> Jeez. they would fall straight down and take 66 of unavoidable damage. <laughs> <laughs> Featherfall, every character has Featherfall. And if you have have two attacks in a round, you could grab them, throw them as part of your move or whatever, up, down, grab them again, up, down, potentially 12d6 of damage in a round. Yeah, that's... That feels feels wrong. (laughs) using a person as an improvised weapon essentially (laughs) but you totally could if you're huge yeah they're small enough to to pick them up yeah i mean you'd have to bring in like shove rules basically Uh, a shove only moves them uh, up to 10 feet i believe yeah but i mean that would be how you would resolve it would be a contested athletics to check for the for the toss essentially where you start like breaking from what I essentially built on, which is like a, a an extreme bending of rules as written, is you start to go like, hey, DM, if, I, if I'm huge and I pick this guy up, or even if I'm large, if I'm large and my carrying capacity is 1,440 pounds, I could still pick someone up pretty easily if they weigh 350 pounds, right? Mm-hmm. What, like, you'd have to work out on like an improvised damage chart, picking someone up and chucking them at their friend right (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, the, the game is not built for you to, to throw people. It is it is built like the the as far as rules are written, you are allowed to shove them. I think up to ten or ten or five feet. It's like that is a, as far as you can go. Now, if you're huge, obviously there are there are monsters that can throw people way further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so sixty feet doesn't even seem like that much, right? Yeah, yeah. But like you remember, well, I don't know. You didn't did did you have any siblings? You didn't have any siblings, did you? Nope. Okay, I, I had I had older brothers, so like they do the thing, watch this, and they chuck a football straight up in the air as far as they could, and you know you're a little <laughs> kid, and you're like, that's sick. This is what that is. You're you're grabbing this person. To you, they're like the size of a football. And you're throwing them like a spear straight up wah, yeah. into the air, right? And just yeah. waiting for them to fall. And then when they, boom, hit the ground, that's what you could take your second attack, even just like bash them, hammer fist them down. Hmm. Question then becomes, would they be able to reach the apex and fall back down within six seconds so you can get another attack. Yeah. <laughs> and would, wouldn't it be like uh, whenever you scoop them up and grapple, that's your first attack, and then your second attack would be to throw them? It could be. I, I think be. that there's, I think that there's like, there's enough, there's enough of a gap in the rules, I believe, as far as I could, as far as I could read, that you could throw them as part of your move action. So the grapple's just the first is the attack, and then part as part of your move action, you're throwing them because you're not attacking them when you throw them, technically, right? But yeah, the, that's I think the, that's a more extreme. But even if you even if you ruled it the other way, which is like I grab, that's an attack. Second attack is throwing them in the air. Sixty six of damage is still quite a bit. Yeah, that's a is. fireball, right? That's pretty close to a fireball. Yeah. Single target fireball. Um. And like the other thing I thought of, which isn't even, which isn't throwing them in the air, but I couldn't really find a ruling on it. And it it is totally like work with your DM is like, I pick them up and I throw them as hard as I can straight at the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this, this is where it it gets into object versus creature rules. Uh, And it's confusing because if you're that big then essentially they are the size of small objects. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To a medium sized person. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pitch it as like my eight foot guy is going to pick up a 300 pound guy and chuck him (laughs) 60 feet in the air. I don't think even if you were super, super strong, that would be hard mechanically to like pull off. Right. If you had your hand on the groin and throw it. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Spin around. Spin around and (laughs) chuck him straight out. I did look. Okay. As part of this, I looked up. Okay, what's the what's the world record for a shot put throw? It's right about seventy five feet, and a shot put ball weighs sixteen pounds. An Olympic shot put ball, yeah. So, but like, how much could you scale that up? But of course, you can't really apply those kind of physics to D anD D anyways, because <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it starts to break. Yeah, to break I, that's a uh, you. I, you need to get in the campaign where everyone is doing this kind of build. That way the DM can be like, okay, yeah, just go crazy and stuff's going to be hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it could it could not do that much damage, right? If you really if you really ruled it entirely on improvised weapon rules, it, like chucking them 60 feet in the air would do 2d4 or a d4. Yeah. Instead of the fall damage, even though it would be hilarious. <laughs>
you're on top maybe, of a maybe we'll do that like in between if we do if we finish campaign two and are going to go to campaign three maybe we'll do a little in between where i'm just like okay just make the most broken thing you can do and i'm going to give you some stuff i don't even i'm going to try to kill you <laughs> i don't even necessarily think that this kind of a build is in the traditional sense op because it it's does pretty use... op it is a persistent at least 66 of damage plus well, potentially, it depends on if you give him like a you give him like a deck save to, to land or something. Plus, being prone, which means anything that they get hit with next is going to have advantage on them. Okay, that's a I pretty thought, that's pretty strong. <laughs> I thought about this just now. You go, you go full performance for it. You chuck them sixty feet in the air, and then you ready <laughs> up your next attack to uppercut them as they come <laughs> down. So you get force on force. Wouldn't that hurt you too, though? Because that no, guy uh-uh. falling would be. No, nah, dude. <laughs> if I if I threw a if I threw a freaking like what is Football essentially air and drop yeah, kick it, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'd be fine. Or if I threw a cornhole bag up in the air and uppercutted it, it's not gonna break my hand because it's tiny compared to me. <laughs> now, if I threw a lead ball up in the air and punched it. <laughs> It would break my hand, but I also wouldn't be able to the throw difference. it. Uh, instead in of a, a football, it's a, a human, very dense. I mean, moderately it, dense. Moderately <laughs> dense. Compared to like an air, uh, yeah, a ball that's true. Of air that's in true. it. That's like, yeah, but they're also like little, if you threw if you threw a if you threw a rock, they're also a bit, like a big size rock. 30 feet in the air and then you tried to uppercut it you'd break your but fit. a rock a rock has no a rock has no give and a person does have give they have given they have bones give, but not a lot compared yes to they do football. okay how about this how about a softball that's still gonna hurt a little bit but it's not but gonna it break give yeah it has some give it, and i don't even think i think a person has a person has more give i don't think a person it has more give than a softball if you, you hit him right in the on forehead the sure <laughs> maybe maybe but if you hit them center mass not only do they have the flesh <laughs> that's you just going set a to bike out <laughs> <laughs> i throw them straight up and i hold a spear up like this straight above me and like skewer them now um you just have a little buddy that follows you around going <laughs> yeah you have a you have a posse of minions with spears ready to like stand underneath them now uh their their bones are gonna give right that's what's gonna give your 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 rib cage is going to dampen the impact on their fist, unfortunately. <laughs> also, I think it would still hurt pretty bad. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Make I mean, yourself like just make yourself an iron brace. I punch <laughs> like a tennis ball, right? A tennis ball is like firm, but if you squeeze it, it'll collapse. And I've punched. I, yeah, I mean, I've punched many. Yeah. <laughs> the tennis ball is going to have more give than a skull, but <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't say I was punching him in the skull. Also, how are you going to aim be... that? They're falling. You're going to go. All right, <laughs> it's actually it's actually not as hard as you think to aim a punch like that. As I'm someone who has done it, sixty feet going super fast, you're going to aim that punch. Get out of here! <laughs> All right, let's do it. I'll, I'll test this. Get I'll out of this. town, dude. I'll, I'll test gonna, this. I'm going to get someone to jump. I'm going to chunk a football at you as hard as I can. Punch it accurately every time. <laughs> well, you can't do it. You have to scale it down oh, to our size, right? A football. That's what I'm saying. I know. No, no. You have to scale the speed as well, right? Just because okay, I, I mean, that's that's easy enough to do. You just field some punts and see if you can punch them. It, They're hard it, enough yeah. to catch. Yeah. <laughs> I think I could do it. I think I could punch one. 
Yeah, once, <laughs> not consistently. And this, and you're talking. That's about why I said. That's why I said. That's why I said it was a performance. That's the performance part of it. Yeah, that, that would be as a they're falling. Their AC goes up by twenty. So good yeah. luck. <laughs> I, I've kicked. I've I've kicked. I've had people throw tennis balls at me, and I've kicked tennis balls out of the air for yeah, kung fu. How how fast are they chucking those at you? Uh, I mean, they're not fastball pitching at them. But they're not, like, underhand lobbing them either. You're going to pick up some speed if you're dropping 60 feet. It's also dependent on how... If you're going to meet it head on, that is going to be a little easier than trying to, like... Go across. Boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're coming up at them... And also, like, you're thinking... I think the scale you're thinking of is a little weird. Because, to me, a football is that big. It's, like, as big as my head or bigger. But to someone who's 40 feet tall, a human isn't that big, right? I mean, the body that would make is it even the size of their head. Huh? Their entire body would be bigger than their head. But it'd be it'd be like narrower, right? I guess depends on the kind. Depends and on the they person. they like flatten out. <laughs> yeah, it depends on the. I'm picking up a real big dude, <laughs> chucking him. He breaks my hand, but everyone else, I'm all right with. Yeah, and he can. I mean, they essentially have some control over how they're falling. They could either flatten out or they could just dive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diving would make it harder to like uppercut them, but I don't think anyone who's falling with no way to stop is going to be like head first is the way to go, baby. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to be going, no. (laughs) The way you're supposed to land is like on your feet, but collapse to the side. So that's to do the least amount. Uh, I think, I think, I think the way you're so, yeah, you could do that or you could do like break fall style um, where you're, you're falling flat onto your back, but kicking throwing your arms out and kicking your feet out to send the energy out your extremities. Yeah. So your capillaries burst. <laughs> that's like a, that's like a, you hold, you hold, you hold chin like this, chin down to chest and break fall. You can, you can, you can disperse. I know it sounds ridiculous. You can disperse a lot of energy that way. Like <laughs> you'll break your hands and your fingers and potentially your legs or your feet. But you can disperse a lot of that energy. Here's the thing: you're gonna be like Kron's jelly hand, but (laughs) make (laughs) make this character. But the entire campaign, we only fight monks. (laughs) 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 They just land and roll off. They land and roll off. Yeah, rogues could do it too. Rogues can do that thing where they like shrug off a bunch of fall damage, right? Uh, I think so. so. It's not. It's not like slow fall where monks just don't take any damage. But you could essentially say it's a deck save, in which case they would get evasion. You could, and like, I didn't mean, the punching them was totally a side thing, but that could be like, I throw them up and I go, can I punch them on the way down? Oh, roll a dexterity check, roll another attack roll or whatever to like, and make it difficult, but make it possible because it would be really funny. It'd be really great. (laughs) That's like an anime move right there to like punch them across. That's that's what I'm picturing, man. Or just like a sidekick, just boom, and smack them into a wall. Kicking them. I think kicking them, like doing a chop style. A chop style kick, rear leg, front leg chop style kick would be easier than hitting them with your fist. Because you don't have to hit them with your foot. You have everything from your knee to the tip of your toes. So as long as you hit them, you know, in the shin area or the top of the foot, you've got like a, and honestly, that would send them flying horizontally. (laughs) If you landed that kick and you were like as big as a building, that that sends be, them through a tree. It would be like drop kicking a football, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Except that a oh, drop wow. kick is forward. A drop kick is a forward kick. A chop kick is outside in. 
That's what your character does. You're a punter. You just punt people. Yeah. <laughs> you just send I them played wide. a lot of. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I played go a lot deep. of. Like, <laughs> go deep. Drop him down and just <laughs> rail him with. It's my like foot. handball, but you're using people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That's how you get the mechanic in. So mechanically, I could do this in your campaign. I'm not gonna do it in your campaign. <laughs> But it would be funny. I'm going to, one day in the far future, I'm going to be like, Ray, enlarge me. And I'm going like, to, I grab him. And you're going to be like, I grapple him. And you're going to be like, okay. And then I'm going to be like, and then I throw him six feet. And you're going to be like, no. <laughs> no, you can't do that. We're going to be fighting someone. We're going to be, we're going to be fighting someone on a mountain. And I'm going to pick him up and I'm going to be like, see that cliff over there? I'm going to throw him <laughs> off the side. I don't want to fight this guy anymore. <laughs> I mean, you can do that just as your normal size. You can shove them. You just shove them <laughs> off the edge. But I want some distance, right? Because a mountain isn't a straight drop. It's like a, it kind of tapers off. It depends off. on what part of the mountain it is. It could I be suppose, yeah. It could be just edge. like a sheer edge. I mean, as long as it goes down, I know which way they need to go. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking uh, Yeah. Uh, the shove rules are you can knock prone or shove five feet from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I'm if I'm the size of a building, could I like slap them away? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, hold, hold on. There's a what's what was the monsters that we fought um, with in Michael's campaign when we first met the Kraken God? Those were like I think those were modified trolls. Trolls have a throw boulder. They were golems. Yeah, golems. They were some kind of golem, I think. They were clay golems. Was it clay? Were they not modified up something else? Because he did that. They might have been modified, but the, the way he described them was, were clay golems. Clay golems. Let me look. A golem. Because I know that there is... Like, there are some huge... The, the funniest thing I've always thought about, I've, I've always thought about D&D &D and like, sometimes people like, they want to bring physics into D&D. &D. I do it all the time. But like, realistically, if you're fighting something that's 60 feet tall and they punch you, you're not going to like, Ooh, get hit it's going to send you across the room <laughs> like if they're big enough to hold themselves up they're big enough to crush you by stepping on you <laughs> yeah i can't i don't know what it was called i know that there is some kind of monster that has the ability to throw you i mean i'm actually kraken i'm sure has that uh ability uh, uh it is called fling uh one large or smaller object held uh, or creature grappled can be thrown up to 60 feet in a random, random direction if thrown uh <laughs> if a thrown target strikes a solid surface the target takes 1d6 bludgeoning damage <laughs> for every 10 feet it was thrown so yeah yeah okay yeah so there you go fall 60 damage. Yeah. yeah it's exactly the same as fall damage so if i picked them up and chucked them at a wall if the target is thrown at another creature, the creature must succeed a dex save throw uh, or take the same damage and be knocked prone. <laughs> Incredible. I'm so glad. If, you, if you're like, I see that other guy, I'm just going to toss him up and <laughs> like cornhole toss him to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking you, you hold him back and you chuck him like a spear at his friend, right? <laughs> Head first. Yeah. Jeez. that's hilarious go. there that, are like i mean i know there, are gargantuan but yeah. but there is precedent for it working yeah 
Well, for monsters anyway, not for players. <laughs> well, that's like the remember the uh, the the big weapons thing me and Joe were going to do. It's kind of in that vein, right? Yeah. Yeah. Except in that vein, in the DMG, they made the mistake of not clarifying that it was monster specific. And yeah. they just said, as a weapon gets larger, it does act amount of dice more. And it's like, yuck, yuck. I find a gargantuan <laughs> axe and I swing it. <laughs> I mean, they, they did a little bit, but they just didn't clarify that if you got huge, that you wouldn't that you would like it. Because technically, that's it's in there. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can swing that. And then as long as it's only one size bigger than you, you'll just have disadvantage. If it's bigger than that, you can't swing it, though. It says. Yeah, you can't swing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't be more than two, one category size larger than you. Yeah. So if you found a gargantuan axe and got blowed up, you could potentially swing it. Swing it. Yep. There's a disadvantage. There's a couple of weapons. There's a couple of monsters in the game that carry huge weapons. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the names of them because that was months ago when I was looking into that. But anyways, yeah, that's my uh, that's my mechanics breaking, not mechanics breaking, having fun, (laughs) having fun with mechanics, creative use of mechanics. All right. All right. I'm surprised you weren't more uh, more more against it than you were. Well, I mean, I'm this is this is an exercise in in just this. If you if you were to come to me like this is my character for the campaign, then I would be more against it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I think if I was running a campaign and someone pitched that to me, I might have to tone it down a little bit to like not make it, you know, to where every fight they're just throwing someone up in the air. Yeah. But as like, I'm going to do this occasionally, I'd be like, all right, that's sure. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like Throw, I said, gonna... Maybe we'll do like a short, like a short, like a month campaign where I'm just like, make the most broken thing you can make. So, and stuff is going to be, you know, ridiculously it's, hard. I, I know we've been on mine for a little while, but Remember when I try? I was throwing David across the river at that one yeah. part, yeah. and we just made up rules. There was yep. rules for it. Yeah, I totally could have just chucked him sixty feet, no problem. <laughs> Although you weren't trying to hurt him, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'd be more like you a under. <laughs> I, yeah, I lofted it, or I did an underhand toss, or like, <laughs> or, or or I skipped him like a I skipped him like a rock across the surface yeah. of the river. There you go. <laughs> I'm like. Do you this got armor on? Get on your back. You got you got smooth <laughs> armor on. I'm gonna skip you like a rock. You could do that. He, he's a turtle now, so he could just. Yeah. Oh, you're and... right. I could just pick him up and be like, <laughs> "We need to get across this lake. Hold on. Wow, throw him like a rock. <laughs> skip all the way across the lake. That'd be so good. Dexterity check to see how well you throw him. Natural one. He just goes right into the water. Come back up here. Let me try that again. Big splash. You spike him into the water. (laughs) (laughs) What's your character backstory? I was a world-class rock skipper. I held the world record for rock skipping at one time. Right in your backstory, proficiency, rock skipping. And you're like, (laughs) I got this. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. That's enough of my shenanigans. What about you, Joe? What do you got? Mine is a lot. It would, it takes, it's a lot of homebrewing and you'd have to find a lot of ways to balance. Okay. Get, just All getting right. that out of the way. But <clears throat> mine would be like your character would be the the race would be like an ogre or something really big and gross looking. And he would have I'm I'm picturing a fighter mm-hmm. and as the as the main class for this, a big dumb fighter. And uh he has a conjoined twin 
<laughs> on his shoulder or something that is able to cast like cantrips or maybe level one spells, like a level one sorcerer or something. <laughs> okay. So the way that you would do combat is like you'd be up close hitting stuff and maybe you could by level five you could swing once and use your extra attack and he could throw like a firebolt or something or maybe if you level it up if you take you take levels in sorcerer so it levels up that the conjoined twin or you take different levels flip back and forth and yeah flip back and forth and grow it like that or find different ways or maybe if your DM's cool with it, you play two characters, but they're conjoined twins. So That's like the, uh, they have the, one uh, movement, yeah. but they both get to kind of go do certain things. Or this this sounds like a pretty fun one shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone controlling the same guy. Yeah. Oh no, th- that's how it could work. This could be. One player, two players in the same character. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be fun. I think you could do that in a campaign. I didn't think about this when you told me this the other night, Joe. But yeah, you could do that in a campaign yeah. where like they they each get their own independent actions, but from the same person. Right. But only the big guy can move. Yeah. So you wouldn't want the second guy to be any kind of melee. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Really, depending on how many arms you had, any kind of archer or anything either. Just something that can... Just, he's gonna just have to take Warcaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's uh he's he's D and D ogre magi, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I'm just like I'm picturing the role play, the banter between like the big dumb one and like the smart caster in the corner, like just like exactly I told you like to go that way. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> he told me about this a little bit last night, and I was like, man, it really it like it's a great idea, but it sounds like ogre magi from Dota two. Yeah. yeah. I think right. I think it would be cool if you were like a high you you'd level up in the fighter and stuff and you have the ability to throw cantrips like a firebolt or, or like it, it'd be like low level like you wouldn't be able to cast spells or anything just cantrips or something to balance it or find different ways to you could essentially do that with just a uh, magic initiate feat yeah yeah and just take a couple attack spells and be yeah be good no problem. I, yeah, that could totally work. That'd be really cool. That'd be a cool, like, multiplayer... You would just have to, like, if as long as the DM would be cool, if, if I could, maybe I could attack once and then have, use my other attack and as my action and the little dude could cast Blade Ward on the body so you have half damage or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, but, but just ways to, like, that, that was the struggle. I was trying to balance it whenever I was thinking about it. And it's, I don't... I don't really even necessarily think it's broken. Yeah, I, I don't think, think it's that broken. I mean, there are, there are ways to do it that is actually rules as written. Um, as long as, yeah, as long as you like, if you if you're a fighter, you could take action surge, and that could be your second guy going. Um, yeah, but that does sound to me that sounds the most fun as a as a one shot with like three p two to three PCs. Could you okay? Could you do it alternating rounds? That's another thing I was thinking about was like one round, you get one right as a fighter, one round as a sorcerer, and then you level up both as you level up. So they both stay even. You become the most utility hero ever, though. Yeah, (laughs) this kind of reminds me of a thing that you and I had talked about, Eric. The multiple personality. Yeah, running a campaign as with uh, with multiple personalities where like. Every every uh, morning you roll, yeah. a, you roll a die to see who you are that day. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to do that sometime. 
That Man, takes that... a lot of D and D knowledge. <laughs> that is not for new yeah, players. No, that's not a new play. That's not a new <laughs> player. D and D Beyond that would help a lot. I mean, you'd have all your characters yeah. in there, so you could just switch back. I think and forth I can. I, I think I can manage that. Where like and if, if I was a different do, character every day, how would you do health? Would you have one health for the whole? It'd be one health for the whole health bar. You you okay. keep the same. You'd have to have like you'd have to keep the the same stats. Well, I guess you could you could move around the mental stats. The mental like stats can move. Your physical stats would yeah, have to be. Physical stats would have to stay the same. We yeah, we didn't cool. really like dig into the rules of how it would work. Yeah. We should we should we should work that out a little more because yeah. I I honestly would love to play that character. That would be a ton of fun. Be a yeah. ton of fun because with that I, I mean like your idea is great, but if you were switching between fighter and sorcerer every every other round, you are like super strong in a way because you're like. <laughs> You punch him in the face one round. You get stuck, like you get screwed here in combat with somebody, and now you're the sorcerer. So what are you going to do? But you're still you don't have warcaster. You're still a beefcake, though. So you could still cast a spell. But if you have to change every day, and they don't know about each other, it Mm -hmm. it becomes a little different. Where your play style has to completely change every time you switch. Yeah, and with a lot of players, that could get like, especially if each personality has its a separate backstory. Yeah, <laughs> your DM poor DM is gonna be like, I don't know what's going on. I think I think the way I think that the way that that would have to work is like, there is the main one that is your main PC that has a backstory, mm-hmm. and then something has happened to them to create these alternate personalities, and they don't have fully fleshed out backstories. Their backstories are just like a variation of the other of the main person's backstory. Yeah, Can you imagine that. Which is on later, like they know some of the same people type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every morning you'd wake up and you'd be like, where am I? Dude. What are we doing? Who are you guys? <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be Meet great. the party like six different times. <laughs> you, have to, you have to like start the game out in like some sort of asylum. <laughs> so you all know each other. <laughs> yeah. God. Mirrors everywhere. That so would be a fun yourself. way to start. Everybody's kind of a little whacked out, <laughs> a little crazy. They're in an asylum. Nothing would work. You have to have some characters that are like all the way there. Otherwise, like the campaign's not going anywhere because you're like, yeah. you got the one guy who wants to murder everyone, and the one guy's a pacifist, and the one guy who's like kind of in the middle. And nothing ever happens, or all the time you're just killing everyone who's important. Yeah, that that sounds like it would be a lot of fun too, though. Honestly, yeah. yeah, yeah. It would. Uh, okay. We got a little bit of time if you want. I, I, so I had a second, uh, character ready, which is one that Eric, you actually did. I just fleshed it out. Okay. Yeah, sure. This is, oh, I got to find it. This is, uh, this is lucky boy. Oh, the lucky build. The, yeah, the full, full on lucky build. Yeah. You go halfling. Yeah. So you can have the lucky. You go, you go wizard, and you go either if you if if they allow it, go with the uh, chronergy uh, magic. Mm-hmm. If not, yeah. the div- divination sort of works. It's not quite as good, but it still does does work a bit. Yeah. At level four, you take the lucky feat, yeah. and then at uh, level uh, eight, yeah, level uh, eight, eight, you get, yeah. you get another feat. You can take uh, bountiful luck. Which is a halfling only, yeah, uh, feat. And basically, anytime you don't like a roll, you just re-roll it. <laughs> yeah. 
and that could be played one of two ways. Like you're either the ballinest guy ever because you're so lucky or you're not very good at anything, but you, you just get lucky so often that you're, you're, yeah. you look like you're competent. So for the, if you, if you know, for those of aren't familiar with how the, the mechanics would work as a, as an, as a halfling, anytime you roll a natural one, you can reroll it. Yeah. If you roll another natural one, then you got to stick with it. Yes. Yeah. But, Anytime you that anytime your first roll is a natural one, you just get to re-roll it. So that's really good. It's basically like if you roll a natural one, you have advantage. Yeah. Lucky is a feat where anytime there is a D20 that rolled that you make or that someone makes against you, you can re-roll it or have them re-roll it. Force a re-roll. Yeah. You can do that three times a day. Bountiful luck is any of any of your allies roll a natural one. You can be like, no, you got lucky, and they they can reroll it. <laughs> Did they change that? Am I thinking of a different edition when I came up with this idea? There was one. Um, there used to be one where you rolled a set of dice at the beginning of the morning. That's the, uh, divination. Okay, I think that's the way I would do it. Which is like, I'm I, I not only am I lucky, but I have this pool of dice to pull from. Yeah, so that's the way divination would work. Chronergy uh, is just basically like two more luck points. Uh, okay. Yeah. Roll again. Yeah. But yeah. That's just like anytime you don't like an outcome, like, mm, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do that again. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> Let me do that again. <laughs> Try that one more time. <laughs> how many roll? I mean, how many rolls a day? I don't know. That that would be. I think that would be fun to play. Yeah. Uh, Dean would hate you. Yeah. <laughs> you never like, fail uh, anything. No more luck ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Michael told us not we couldn't take luck on that two and a half yeah, level yeah. beat thing. That's like the summoning stuff. No more summoning. Golly, <laughs> I love so I love a summon build. I don't want to get into it, but like I think that a full full summoning build by like level five or six could beat almost anything in the game. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, and then this big monster comes, and you're like, all right, so I'm gonna twin cast this thing, and it's I'm gonna have fifty fucking ferrets. They're gonna run over and eat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you kill a couple of rounds, but you know, 15 hits around it. One D six a hit is like brutal. Remember the knives that I did in your campaign, yep. the living knives. It was like, all right, guys, big fight. Here's my array of knives. They come to life. They go and stab them to death, dude. Cause they're, and while they're out there. Dude. I steal win strike. <laughs> yeah. I steal win strike. Ah, dude, steal win strike. Such a cool spell. I love that spell. That spell was rad. <laughs> it was pretty good. But anyways, uh, is that it? We got any? Uh, that's all the themes for this week, right? And I think yeah. we're bumping on right on an hour, right? Uh, we, we are we're under an hour. We started at yeah, oh fifty one minutes ago. We fifty one minutes ago is when we started. Uh, we I don't want to go into the summon build. Summoning builds are weird because depending on the class you play, they they either work really good or they don't work at all. Yeah. and I think the only one. The only ones they work really good is druid or sorcerer. And for different reasons, druid, because they're summoning a ton of animals and potentially with metamagic adept, you could do a lot, but like the wizard, the, um, the bringing the objects to life. Twin spell has to have a target. I don't think you can just cast a spell twice, but it's okay. So like, um, the thing where I bring the knives to life, those are a target. So I could twin that and have double the knives, right? I don't think so, um, because it's... Let me look it up. Yeah, look it up real quick, I will just look. to make sure. So, um, I need to know about 
Okay, I need to know about twin spell. You look up twin spell, I'll look up um, animate object. So twin spell, <clears throat> when you cast a spell that targets only one creature and doesn't have a range of self. Ah, you can okay. spend a number of sorcery points equal to the spell's level to target a second creature in range with the same spell. Oh, so it has to pretty, be a creature, not an specific. object. Not yeah. an object. Okay, okay. Because I, if it if it didn't specify that, it could still work with animate objects, just not tiny ones. You'd have to go for bigger stuff. Because yeah, that you huge, do, you can only animate one. You could, theor I mean, I had to double check, but I think you could theoretically do Awaken. <laughs> as a twin spell <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. could you though because you're you're targeting an object with awaken it depends you can target a, a beast you're right Remember, you're right uh, beak awakened uh scorpion big you're giant right scorpion. yeah you could you could potentially twin awaken that's only a fifth level spell too so oh wow yeah you could do double awakened trees and have like or double awakened anything. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I do some, some multi-classing to get there, but yeah, you could do it. I don't think you wouldn't have to multi-class, right? Because you can take meta magic. Meta magic adept only gives you two sorcery points, and it would cost five to do a fifth level spell. Uh, you're right. You're right. You're right. All right. Well, but it could work. Double trees. Yeah, summoning builds, I think, are better for if you're doing a solo campaign honestly it's just it slows down everything they're so broken it, I, I honestly think that like summoning i don't i don't see it discussed a ton a ton um but summoning stuff is honestly like ridiculous yeah summon the, animals the, the, the summon build one. where you summon pixies and then all the pixies polymorph everything oh that's yeah like, that's stupid please broken. don't do that <laughs> even even if you're like here's 15 raccoons or 15 ferrets or or whatever they're not yeah. strong 15 wolves because then they get pack tactics yeah it's not that they're it's not that they're gonna take a big hit and it's not that they're gonna do a ton of damage it's that if you're surrounded on all sides by wolves that all have advantage you're gonna take damage you're, <laughs> gonna, you're gonna take 13 arrows from goblins you're eventually gonna die you're eventually gonna <laughs> die yep <laughs> It's like a number. It's a pure, <laughs> pure like numbers game. Like on average, they're not going to do a ton, but if you got ten of them doing one d four around, that's a lot of yeah. damage, baby. Especially if you're up against an enemy who doesn't know to like hit the caster and tries to fight the raccoons or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pun punch the knives <laughs> because like if you're doing tiny animate objects, they have like an eighteen AC the knives because they're tiny, yep. which is ridiculous. I loved that. I wanted to do that knife build for a long time. I'm glad I got to do it in, in that campaign. Some of the knives. It was pretty cool. It just was like every time you did it, like, uh, we, we, you finally got it down pretty well. It was like, okay, I'm just rolling them all right now. Yeah, yeah. One, I think it's fine. You work out it. You work out a system where you go. Here's the AC. I'm gonna roll all their attacks at the same time. Boom. Okay. This many hit. Here's the damage done. And it can be like the same amount of time that a regular player's turn takes. Also. Online platforms help with that tremendously. Yeah, there's not as much <laughs> math to do. And you, you can know just, what I mean? here's all the D20s and you can just read them quickly instead of, oh, I've only got five, so I'm going to have to re-roll these a bunch of times. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Doing it that way. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm a veteran D&D player. I have plenty of D20s. <laughs> but <laughs> I have so many D20s because you get caught up in your head on the dice and you're like, these dice, they're just not good. I got to buy another set. <laughs> these dice got bad juju. <laughs> uh, 
uh, animated spellbook on the animated spellbook on YouTube did a, a hilarious like dice video where he's like, you check the dice like this, and then you set them on a twenty, and you walk away for a day, and you come back, and if they moved, you know they're a bad <laughs> dice. Or I'm like it's like total horseshit. You draw a pentagram around your dice so you can get the blessing of a demon. Like total bull crap stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Roll roll hey, it five it times works. and take. Don't knock roll it till you try it. Huh? Roll when you're gonna buy a set. Roll the d twenty at least ten times. Then take the average. If it's over a certain amount, you know that's a good set. It's like that doesn't matter at all. It's just like probability. But you're like convincing yourself that this is how it's gonna go, dude. That's you roll that thing twenty play. times. If it averages out to higher than ten, you're good to go. Good to go. That's a good dice set, baby. <laughs> You know that 20 is going to treat you well, dude. Oh, man. Now, there is something to be said about, like, floating dice and stuff like that. That That's a real thing, I think. Because cheap dice. I, I don't want to get into dice too much. But if you're out there and you're thinking, I want to buy the cheapest set of dice ever, clear dice are the way to go for the cheapo sets. Because you can see through them and see that they're solid and don't have any air void inside of them. And floating your dice inside um, salt water can also be a, a really good way to determine whether your dice are balanced correctly or not because if your dice if you, if you float it in water and it goes straight to one number and stays there it means the opposite side of the die is heavy and it, its results are skewed whereas if it kind of like moves back and forth between a bunch of different numbers you know you have a decently balanced dice and then the edges of the dice play into it how hard are the edges is it like a science dice kind of thing where they're like real sharp edged yeah. or is it like a smoothie dice smoothie dice tend to be a little more not I wouldn't say random because rolling a dice is random, but they the pathing is harder like to more. harder to to cheat your rolls for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it all depends on what you're trying to achieve. But yeah, dice. God, I could get into dice so hard, but we're not. I don't think I can fill a whole episode with dice. That'll be a mini, mini, mini topic because it'll be basically what I just said, but with more detail. Okay. Anyways, 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 anyways. I don't want to derail us but i i think that was i think that was excellent i think that was perfect we all had completely different approaches to this and i think that that was <laughs> that's great. what i kind of figured would happen is like there's, it's just gonna be one of those there's no wrong answer <laughs> we're all just gonna come yeah. in <laughs> freaking great dude well boys it was uh it was a pleasure discussing these stupid what's builds uh what's our next topic have i have one? no idea we'll talk about it after i turn off the recording <laughs> Craig. All right, guys. Craig. Bye, Craig. Bye, Hi, Craig. Craig.